0: just quick quick minute the passage is wrong that was one of the reference but the staff didn't do that i did that the passage should be deuteronomy chapter 26 verse 16 through 19 deuteronomy 26 verse 16 through 19 for those online if you go to the website and you see the bulletin and you pull it up you could do that online and see the sermon outline as well it's deuteronomy 26 verse 16 through 19 when you find that please stand and let us let us start the year off establishing this theme. The speaker, Pastor Maiden, who Lord willing will make it here safely. Thank God for the weather not changing up for this process. Is asking the Lord for that, and uh, the weather is not as bad as it was last week. Uh, he will continue to develop this theme all year, and that is we have to be intentional. And I want you to see today. Why God says that has to be a decision or your life will not be as productive as he intends it to be. And I want you to see that today. That it's not just a theme, I pull out the skies. But with everything we've had happen through the pandemic, if we continue to be apathetic, uh, we set ourselves up for a relationship issue with God. And I want you to see that. Because we are the reason why things are messed up right now. It's not the world. In Deuteronomy 26, verse 16, he says, This day the Lord your God commands you to do his, these statues and ordinances. You shall therefore be careful to do them with all your heart and with all your soul. You have today declared the Lord to be your God and that you would walk in his ways. And keep his statutes, his commandments, and his ordinances, and listen to his voice. The Lord has today declared to you to be his people, a treasured possession, as he promised you, and that you should keep all his commandments, and that he will set you high above all nations, which he had made for praise, fame, and honor. That you shall be a consecrated people to God, your Lord. Your, the Lord, your God. He has spoken. Dear God, we thank you so much for your scriptures and for using the Old Testament family that you have to help us to understand how you function with your church family. So God, we pray since you say that's the shadow of things to come, that we wouldn't just take what has happened that's just happened, that we would see you left it as a memory so that we could learn to walk with you. So we don't be like the nation of Israel scattered all over the world, but not as powerful anymore as in the days of David because we choose not to do this. Lord, I pray that that's not going to happen. All the things that have happened to Israel, all the things that have happened to the people of Israel, Is simply because they chose not to be intentional in their relationship with you. So God, I pray that we will not become the example we see, at least in this house, your house. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I know that COVID uh, has set us back. I understand. I don't think any pastor today does not understand that. I think most pastors, I mean, many churches don't have a pastor because some of them have quit. Many pastors across the country have quit. They just walked up to their pulpits and said, this is my last Sunday. I can't do anymore. Because COVID has been that difficult, not just for people in the church, but for pastors. Uh, you, you've had churches that have closed. Their doors are shut because people stopped giving when the pandemic took place and they weren't able to pay their mortgages so many banks took over churches all over the country so people have responded to the pandemic in ways that has been displeasing to God and a horrible testimony to the world but now is 2023 that's what we're in today and i want you to see that when you hear today is an act of god We take that for granted because we have all these medical facilities. We have all these medical options and all these different things. But you have to see that the nation of Israel standing at Mount Moriah, Mount Horeb, and they are here at Mount Horeb getting ready to go into the promised land. And you have to see what happened. You got people who are 20 years of age and above without a hospital without medication, without anything, are standing here alive just like he said. And everybody that it was 20 years of 20 years and below are standing here and 20 years and above are gone. They're gone. They have been walking over their family's graves for 40 years. Somebody actually calculated how many funerals Moses had to do in a day that made him sent his wife back home to her father because he couldn't handle a family plus the God's family. That's how bad it was. See, understand, 20 and below are standing at this mountain and they are looking to go into the promised land without any medication, without any medical issues. There are 20 and above are in the ground when he speaks this. So anybody standing here... They have been purposely kept alive by the things he said to them that would happen. That's why when this passage ends by saying he has spoken, it means a lot. Because he has spoken, literally saying to them, hey, what he said, you are evidence that he will do it. The fact that you are here alive, you are evidence that he would do it. So we could come through the pandemic and we could talk about the fact I got the shot. You know, and I wore a mask and I did all these different things and I sure stayed at my house I locked my house down folks some people have been locked their house down and they ain't here still okay because somebody brought it in okay so if, if, if you have to see that God preserved you and if you don't see that God preserves you that's going to be a whole different thing When God preserves you and allow you to be in a time and space, we should be more determined than ever to tear walls down that encumber our relationship with him so that relationship becomes the best it could ever be. We have to be willing to tear it down. We have to be willing to face the issues we face and trust him to get us through it. Standard statement I make, I don't control results. What I control is whether or not I will turn my will over to his will. I don't control results. We kill ourselves trying to control results. Well, if I do this, if I will do this. If I that, no, we can't control results. That's why we end up stressed out. That's why we end up overwhelmed. We cannot control results. The person who controls results is God. The one thing that we control is whether or not I will do what God tell me to do. That's the only thing he's requiring in whatever we have to face. And that's why he says we must become doers, not just hearers. He's not saying that to be tough. He's not saying that to be hard on us. He's not saying that to make this difficult no because he put the holy spirit inside of us old testament people they had the law and all the law did without the holy spirit inside of them made them exposed to them how sinful they were in romans chapter 3 verse 23 says the law made them see how sinful they were in other words without the holy spirit inside of them without the holy spirit empowering them when they tried to live to the standards of god all they did was sin 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 they couldn't do it and that's why when christ came they would put a perfect man on the cross he didn't do nothing wrong he didn't say nothing wrong but they and he they didn't have no hospitals like we have today and he was healing people blessing people doing good stuff every day and sin was so horrible that they would nail a perfect man who's demonstrating love to them every day on the cross that's what happened when you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you trying to live up to the standards of God. It's so high that Moses can't make it. Elijah can't make it. No, so high that the people of the Old Testament kept showing even though they were godly men revered by God, they still couldn't do it in the new testament he says you can work out your salvation in fear and trembling because of he who's within you both to will and to do for his good pleasure we can actually get to the standard that paul got to i no longer live it is christ that lives in me because we have to choose to be doers understand this theme is not just a theme because we need something new this theme is perfectly I believe God has placed it on my heart to perfectly set us up to understand you are here by his choice. But when God keeps you by his choice, he's giving you another chance to be productive for his glory, not just giving you another chance to live another day. God don't operate like that because heaven is where he's taking us. So he doesn't have to keep feeding us, have to keep taking care of us, have to keep protecting us. Once he brings us home, all of that work is done. But when he sends us out, that work has to continue because we have to eat. In heaven, we ain't eating. So he could take us home. He made a choice to keep us here. We have to decide to be doers. Stop saying, I intend to do this. You know what? I need to be back at church. No, get up and do it. It's not not a feeling. It's not, well, do I feel it? You have to do it. Well, I love God. No, you don't love God. Stop lying about how much I love God while you don't do what he says. That's what he's saying here. He says right here in verse 16, he tells us you got to be a doer. I get tired of people telling me that. I'm stopping that. I'm going to stop people from telling me that when they're not doing what he says. I love God. No, you don't. You love yourself too much. This is what he says. It's a determinate decision. In verse 16, he says, this day... This day. I don't want you to see how many times he says day. In verse 17, you have today. In verse 18, the Lord has today. And and, and constantly he says today. He's going to repeat that and he's also going to keep saying all, all, all why is he saying this it's a decisive act it is something no matter what's going on in your life no matter how frustrating life may be how stressful life may be how difficult life may be how overwhelming life may be i have to come to this day If I don't ever get there, I will constantly be apathetic in my response to God. I would always put God off. I'd always say tomorrow. You know what? When things get better financially, when things get better in terms of my marriage, when things get better in terms of my job, when things get better in terms of my health, the Bible is saying, no, 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 no. This day, you're standing here, getting ready to go into the promised land, make a decision this day. It's got to be something you decide today. Let me show you why he says that go to chapter Deuteronomy chapter 8 this day while you're in the wilderness this day while you are dealing with overwhelming situations in front of you there's an enemy in front of them they got a big tall giants in front of them he didn't remove their problems they still got to cross the red sea there's still a wall that has to come down they still got to go into a land that they're going to tear to pieces they're going to burn people's houses down tear stuff down then they have to go back into those lands and rebuild a bunch of stuff they still have that to do he's not he's just saying there's no more problems everything is wonderful everything is great everything is wonderful so now you can decide this day he's saying no i got your back but this day beside me In spite of every problem, every issue, every difficulty you face. Decide today. I don't want to hear about tomorrow. I don't want to hear, well, you know what? After the fast. No, today. I'm not solving all your problems for you to decide it. I'm not going to fix everything for you to get in a nice comfortable zone to say, yes, Lord, I'm ready. It's not. Your problems are still there. The difficulties are still in front of you when I'm telling you this day. It has to be intentional, it has to be purposeful. Stop putting God on hold. He says when you do stuff like that, this is what takes place in Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm pleased, I've got this, matter of fact, I got this sitting on the hallway as you go out the door to the, to the, in this, uh, through from the sanctuary down the hall of remembrance. I have this passage also in my office, sitting right next to my desk this passage because he says if you don't do it this day i want you to hear the background of this first if you don't do this day life hits you in the face you got work to go to kids to raise bosses in your face health issues hitting you and he says because you're determined to make it through you pick up your own bootstraps and you going through it and then when there's success you go oh look at me and god says i'm a jealous god you just messed up and I will come against you, and I will become your enemy. Watch it right here. So when he's talking about this day, he's already spoke to them in this passage. When, look, at verse, look at verse 10. When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. By not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes which I'm commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied... When you have built good houses and live in them and when you have herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiply and all that you have multiplies then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with his fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water he brought water for you out of the rock of flint in the wilderness he fed you manner which your fathers did not know that you might that he might humble you that you that you may find rest that he might test you to do good for you in the end otherwise you may say in your heart my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth." But you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who is giving you power to make wealth. That he may confirm his covenant which he swore to your fathers. At this this day it shall be come about. If you ever forget the Lord your God. And go after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you today that you will surely perish like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, you, so you shall perish because you, didn't, you would not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Says when you don't decide this day, and then because God's grace and mercy, you end up blessed. He said that blessing will take you even further away from me. And when it does, I will become your enemy. So the person that wants to bless you is the person that will eventually just back up from you. See, God doesn't bring evil on us. Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he could devour. All God got to do is back up. The minute he backs up, Satan is there. The Bible says he wants to destroy us. He came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He is vigilantly, he is purposeful, he is intentional about destroying us. So when we're apathetic, we just give him room. That's what the Bible is saying. And we can't say, God, I don't know what to do. Look at 2 Peter. Let's do some Bible study today. You didn't have Bible study this week, you had Bible study for two weeks, I think. So you can work with the pastor today. In 2 Peter chapter 1, he said, He did not leave us with nothing while he sends us into the land, just like he told them in chapter earlier on chapter 8 man shall not live by bread alone man lives by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God in other words a person cannot experience life blessed by God consistently without deciding to walk with God so they can have good days but the bad days They can't find strength. In the bad days, it's dark, no light. In the bad days, they can't find wisdom. In the bad days, they can't find prosperity. In the bad days, they can't find the will of God purposely functioning in them because they turned it off so long. In 2 Peter chapter 1, he says this, seeing that his divine power has granted to us, underlying this, everything. Can't go to God and say, God, I don't know what to do. God says, no, I gave you anything. Everything pertaining to life and godliness. Through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Why is that? That he may grant to us his precious and magnificent promises. So that by them you may become partakers of his divine what? I no longer live, it is Christ. That lives in me. His divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. The only way this world will not take me over is if I decide this day. If not, verse 9 through verse 11 says, I will walk in darkness. People literally tell us, Christians will walk in darkness. People literally tell me sometimes, they would say, I don't see how we could make it through this. I said, okay, well you just turn the lights off. He said, if you walk in the light as he's in the light, you'll have fellowship with one another. So if you can't see something, you just turn off the lights. Because you could make it through anything. He says, you're overcomers. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if I can't see my way through something, I turn the lights off. Then he's the light. So that's why back to Deuteronomy chapter 26, he says, this day the Lord your God commands you. a <laughs> powerful statement. He's saying, the one Who is going to keep ruling whether you accept it or not? Who is God? The word God here means he is supreme. He's creating everything out of nothing. First, you got to understand something for a minute. Because sometimes we don't understand the context he's saying this in. The wilderness, for just a minute, the wilderness is a horrible place. You ever wonder how he could have snakes come so fast to bite them? There were snakes in the wilderness. All he did was multiply them fast. They have snakes that are venomous. You have scorpions that could kill you. In the wilderness, it is so hot during the day. That's why they kept calling for what? Water. Guess what is not in the wilderness easily found? Water. Think about it for a minute. Just, Just for a second. At night, it freezes. Wear the jackets and the coats. That's why there's a fire at night. And there are clouds during the day. He was air conditioning them and warming them. Now think for a minute. Where do you go buy groceries? So who had to feed them? In the promised land, he's not feeding them anymore. They got to work for food. So it's easy when they're working for food to go, check me out. I got a bigger garden than you. Look at my house. And forget God. So you have to see the contrast. Nothing is nothing. I left you in the wilderness to teach you that man cannot live by what you're going to have in the promised land alone. So I'm showing you nothing to see that I can supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. Then I'm going to give you plenty, milk and honey, to show you that in here I gave that to you only because i choose to bless you but if i chose not to bless you you die in the wilderness You have to see the contrast that he's created for them so that when he's speaking to them and says i'm the lord your god they could get it in a new york minute that's why there's no big explanation as to who the lord is who god is because the enemies were fought off the scorpions did not bite them their shoes did not wear out their clothes did not wear out food was given to them air condition was given to them fireplace was given to them protection was upon them their 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 tents that were were able to stand strong the people who were in the wilderness god said Sustain them without any hospitals. So when he says to them, I am the Lord your God. See, that's what we forget. Okay? Please understand, there was a king who got excited about the doctors he had and quit leaning on God. In in first or second chronicles, God said, Listen, since you're gonna depend on the doctors more than me, die. I don't mind you going to the doctors, I don't mind you going to the hospitals, but don't you ever think that they're healing you. We forget that. We go to the gas station, we pump gas. We forget that came out of an oil reservoir that God made. We sit in the car and says, I got all leather seats. That was a cow that died. Understand, we don't see God the same way because we live in a very resourceful world that we could just go down to the grocery store and choose what we want to eat. And we get to do that anytime we choose. We forget that every time we put a fruit in our hands, that was a miracle because it came from a seed that needed water. Ask the folks in California, if you don't get some rain, guess what you don't have? Water. Understand, we have become so promised land that we've forgotten the wilderness and some of us have become so blessed we forget when we were in that apartment with all them roaches running everywhere when that car was a hoopty and we were trying to make it through college and didn't know how we are going to make it. We forget all of that because now we sit edumacated. Finally got the corner office. And guess what we say? Oh, I forgot to pray today. Oh, man, I didn't even do my devotions. How could we forget when he is the Lord, our God? Oh, I'll forget that. You know, one of the things that uh, it is funny, how life will make you many times in my life as I move through my life and I see the impact of my parents on my life. I can't forget. People say, oh, man, you know, you, you, you talk about your mom a lot. Et, et, et. I said, no. There's just a lot of mom. <laughs> I've done a lot. So, so, so you go to the gravesite? Never go to my mom's gravesite. I don't want to go. I don't want to see that. I get fussed up by my brothers and sisters. You're going to come to the gravesite? Here's her birthday. No, that's I mean, not a birthday. <laughs> She's gone. She got a whole new birthday. Okay, Why you wouldn't come? No. I, I can't do that. I can't do that one. Why? I go to my sister's gravesite, but I'm a mom and dad. Just too many memories, good ones, and I want to live on the good ones. I don't want to live on that. So I'd rather live on the life, not on the temporary passing. Why? A lot of good things, good experiences, good memories that I could sit back many times and say, yeah. Mom said that at my age. You see, when God has become something so personal to you, so intimate in your life, he don't have to remind you who he is. What is telling me here in this passage is that God has to say, I'm the Lord your God. Several times, I'm the Lord your God. Several times. Why you gotta say that? It's like a man walking around the house saying, I'm the head of the house. Well, guess what he's not? If you got to keep saying, I'm the head of the house, I'm the head of the house, somebody is saying you ain't, and I ain't listening while you say it. That's, that's exactly what is going on. I always think y'all women are twisted, though. When things are really bad, y'all go, well, you're the head of the house, fix it. Y'all are twisted on that. that. That's really messed up. I, I've been married long enough to go, that's twisted, baby. That's just messed up. I just look her dead in the face, and I go, that's messed up. You know? So understand Anytime a person has to keep saying something over and over and over again, guess what he's happening? He's ignored. God was ignored. And he's telling them, you cannot ignore me. The more you ignore me is the more you set yourself up to have walls you can't tear down. Because I am the Lord, your God. God meaning I am the creator out of nothing you could have you could go to your checking account and you could be broke but I could find a way to make that gas get you to work because I'm God you could be sick and they could give you the worst report but I'm the Lord God meaning God meaning I'm not just Lord ruling everything I am God who creates everything and I'm sovereign I'm not asking you to agree with my decision I'm telling you to agree with it to support it to stand by it the word Lord has a God has a lot of meanings creator and also a sovereign God meaning I do not ask your permission before I do what I'm going to do I'm telling you to listen to me and if you don't listen to me the creator stuff that I could do for your life is gone because I can't have you away from me while I bless you I'm gracious God I'm a merciful God sometimes we stray from God and God is gracious but he comes to a time when he says enough enough this year you could come to church get up it's enough stop telling God to wait how dare us tell God to wait You don't tell your boss to wait. Tell the government come April the 15th to wait on their taxes. Who gonna wait? Tell the cop when he pull you over, wait. I got something to do right now. Let me finish this call I'm on. That's why he says here, follow my commands. My commands, follow them. Meaning, do it from your, command means do it with a heart. Not with a sulking attitude. Do it with a heart. That's why he goes on to talk about the heart. The word commands means do it with an inner commitment. (coughs) Do it with an inner commitment to where a soldier given orders, I got to do it. That's the attitude. That's what makes us become intentional. even as a pastor I tell the staff all the time I got a boss and the reason why I say I got a boss I'm reminding myself I got a boss and number two hey this is not my decision it's done I just got to figure out how to do it not whether or not I do it how do I get this done and my whole attitude and focus is going to be how do I get it done not whether or not I do it why it's a command he's Lord God And it needs to come from an inner commitment, just like a soldier gets the orders and have to do it with an inner commitment, knowing bullets are flying. If there's not an inner commitment, I'm going to do one thing one day, walking out of way this way. Because why? I don't see it as a command. I see it as a suggestion. I treat it that way. Therefore, I'm not intentional. And walls that I face in this life don't come down. The first wall that has to come down is the wall that we have between ourselves and God. It's not the problems we face, it's the uses. Deny yourself, pick up the cross. Not just deny yourself, pick up a cross. Watch this carefully. He's very specific. My statues. Why is he breaking it down like that? Everything I've written. Not just my commands, and I'm not command is an attitude. Statues is an act attached to his word. Watch it carefully. Here's why he's breaking it down for them. You must be purposeful that God said it, so I got to do it. That's the first place you start. Second place you start is it's written. There's nothing that he has in front of me that he hasn't written in the word for me to go do. I just choose not to read it. I ignore it. Third thing he's saying here is ordinances. What does ordinances mean? Respect my government. Government is you may not have voted for the person in office, but I put certain people in place to take care of you. You may not like the church structure, but I put it in place to take care of you. Respect my government, respect Moses, respect the elders, respect the structure that I've put in place to take care of you. Respect it. Don't fight it. That's why he says, if you do what is from yourself, what you do what is attached to the word, and what you do what is attached to your surroundings, I will walk with you. I used to tell, you know, my kids many times would thank God for that. I got a call this week saying, hey dad, you know, you're just, you're just a great dad. Bless my week. But I, I forgot to always say to them, thank God for great sons, because you had to listen. <laughs> Sometimes we made you, but you didn't get an attitude and you listen. If that didn't happen, our home wouldn't work. And so I always say to them, I will never walk in this house and ask you to do something that you don't need to do for the betterment of this house. I would never use my authority to just be the dad. It'll always be for a reason for this home to function well. I promise. Anytime I mess up, I'll tell you to your face. I could have done that better. Hands down, done that better. Why? When you're raising kids, you will never be their father, never be their, you never be their father all their lives. You could be their dad, but not their father. So who becomes their dad is God. So if you're not raising them to God in everything you're doing in the house, when they grow up, guess what they want to run away from the father the one who whip them the father in the bible is the one who disciplines instructs teaches he's controlling he's he's the authority that is shaping this person from clay to this he's that person that's why the bible built the man to his brain he's the person that's coming in the house the wife may go i ain't gonna tell nobody's secret but there was a child i had that the mama begged for him a lot because he 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 had a great act Sorry, I'm not going to do it now. But I ain't calling his name. So his mama begged for him all the time. But God, God put a father who goes, no, we follow the system. You, you, you hear, we warn you. We take away, we punish you, take away things. Then the spanking. The spanking is the third one. You had two things to turn away to get you go right. You choose to keep going. So spanking is here. Spanking is going to be here. You get two whips. Next one is three. Next one is four. You could stop it any time. We start off with three. I'm sorry, not two, three. We start off with three. We go to four. We go to five. It's because we're not going back to number one, which is a warning. You understood all of that. God built the man to his brain. Father. When the child grows up, He's dad, not father. Who's the father now? God says, call no man father. Call no man father. That's why I struggle with the Catholic church when they say, father. (laughs) Don't do that to me. God is a jealous God. Call no man father. He never said, don't call a person dad. Because that person will forever be the dad. Dad. That person should have become and become such a part of your life. You start growing up and see so much value in what they said that you so honor and respect them that they're dead. Understand, God is saying, I'm raising you through the wilderness so that I will always be your father. So now that I'm talking to you, what Jesus Christ would say on the cross, Abba, Father. Understand Why? Even though I'm on, when I'm on this cross, I am the son of God. I am man, so you are my father. But I also want to make you my daddy. Because as my daddy, you always have this intimate relationship with me. Because I love you this much. Understand this is what God is saying here to them. Hey, you should carry all of this because I've been your Lord and your God. I am your father. You have to respect that. If you don't respect that, you will not be intentional. I'll never forget smoking a cigarette in downtown Guyana. And I know I was coming home to my father. So I stopped at my friend's house. I washed my shirt. My mouth. But I forgot one thing. Guyana, South America is a small, Georgetown at that time is a small city. When I got home, there's a man sitting in my living room, in my dad's living room, not my living room, my dad's living room. And they're eating, drinking tea and eating cookies and talking about how bad these kids are today. I had no clue they were also including me. The man left. My dad tore me up. You could give me a cigarette today. I was still not smoking. Why? Because I remember my father. I never forget how much he whipped me, constantly saying to me, if God wanted you to smoke, he would make your head have a chimney. (laughs) I could literally still hear that at my age. He don't have nothing there. So he allow you to not have to deal with that. And he just kept repeating that over, over. Oh, I could tell you the words. I'm always saying it verbatim because he was my father. They have been eaten, bitten by snakes. The ground opened up on them. They have seen God punish them and bless them. I'm the Lord your God. How much more must God do before we become intentional? Let me rush on. This is what he says. This verse kills me in this passage. He says, be careful to keep it. Be fearful to keep it. You got to keep it because emotions get high. Stress get high. Money issues get difficult. You got to be careful to keep it. Look, look at what he says here. You don't have to turn to this passage. Psalm 81 verse 11 through verse 14. But you need to write it down. Psalm 81 verse 11 through verse 14 and verse 16 it says. But my people would not heed my voice. And Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn hearts. Remember Pharaoh I hardened his heart to walk in their own counsels. on that. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. He would have fed them also, also with finest wheat and with honey from a rock. I have satisf- satisfied you, but you chose not to listen to me so I gave you over to a stubborn heart some people's hearts are stubbornness not by accident God says enough I ain't softening your heart no more I'm gonna let you go into your own attitudes your own will your own ways because you choose not to be a doer I can't soften your heart until you commit to be a doer you're gonna sin sometimes if you say you're not sinning you said you lied He is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness so we can walk with God again. He's cool with that, but be a doer. If you don't be a doer, I just let your heart get stubborn and I'm done. Don't do that, living word. That's why he's saying this in verse 17. Saying this in verse 17. He says, for you have today declared the Lord to be your God. And I pray today, as we get ready for this fast, that you would. Because this stubborn heart killed jesus christ no it didn't yes it did i want you to read this with me go to mark chapter f- f- chapter 7 go to mark chapter 7 it killed jesus christ uh, it killed you no i didn't man come on man people just you know he had to die in the- no, no, no 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 it's the stubborn heart that killed christ and it's going to be the stubborn heart that would kill christ in your life today if you choose not to tear down walls that are in your life that has to be torn down if you're going to follow God all the way. It's easy to follow God on a Sunday. It's easy to follow God on maybe a Monday. But it is hard to follow God when everything is in your face. The enemy's in their face. The walls are in their face. All these difficulties are in their face. And blessings are in their face. Prosperity is in their face. That's what he said. going to turn you away from me is prosperity and blessings. Don't pray as much. You always know when prosperity is getting to you when you don't pray as much. When church is just a Sunday affair, you want to get in and get out, you'll become resourceful. You don't need God like you used to. You got anti-lock brakes. Understand. Watch this carefully. (laughs) If you ask my sons this, I would sit them down. Matter of fact, my oldest son who was heading towards the NFL, I said, marry a woman before you get there. Why? You don't know everybody when you got plenty. So if you're going to get married, which I'm praying that you do and I'm, I'm guiding your life to that. Get her married up before you get that big contract. The worst enemy you find in the Bible is not just the heart of a person. It's when a person is blessed. When a person is blessed, Solomon, messed up. David, fighting wars, overcoming stuff, God, blessed, had a woman. The greatest enemy to people, that's why he said it in chapter 8, is the promised land could be your hurt and your problem. The wilderness has made you stick with me. But the promised land, for you will turn from me. In Mark chapter 7, verse 6, he says, And he said to them, Rightly did Isaiah prophesy to you hypocrites, meaning hypocrites are play actors. Ramble on the screen, scare the roaches at the house. And it is written, The people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as the doctrines, the precepts of men neglecting the commandment of god you hold to the tradition of men whatever the tradition of men say go to church because you do the tradition just follow traditions oh i better read a verse today to keep the devil away oh i better pray before i go to bed it's traditions i'm not doing it from my heart the texans have lost all season people are still going go texans why they love their team god forgive them but that's what they do They love their team. So it's go Texans. If they win or lose, I'm a Texan to the last day. Oh, yes, folks. Because God does not like lukewarm people. He spit them out. So not only will he turn the person over to a stubborn heart because they're not a doer, he would spit them out because they're lukewarm. So what I'm saying, this whole theme about being intentional is not just to tell your theme. I'm literally saying, let us have a year where God raises us up to be strong and powerful and mighty. But it's never going to happen in your whole life, in your family life, in your productive little situations that you face every day or in our church life. If we choose not to be doers and tear walls down that we have in our own lives. He's literally telling us it would turn us in a stubborn heart. He would become our enemy. Or he says it right here. He says, I will not do for you what you expect for me to do. Because you're following traditions and you're lukewarm. So I spit you out. So I'm asking you, I'm asking you from a biblical perspective as your past, that we start tearing down walls. Tearing down walls. Sometimes I ask God, tell me the wall. The wall? That you gotta tear down is fears and doubts. Let me let me summarize this sermon. Because I want to preach it forever. I do. God knows. Because this is, I'm setting up where I believe God wants us to be this year. And I'm no longer gonna be gracious. If you know you could get in a car and come to church, we're gonna still keep it online. I am not going to be as patient because that makes me wrong and I got a boss and we need whatever we are facing this year we need to come to it like God is victorious he's not no he's not no weak God he's a powerful God and the only way I can be victorious is if I walk in the victory that's the only way. And if you're doing really good right now, don't let that be your enemy. Because that will turn you away from God. Oh yeah, you know, after you've passed it a long time and you've studied like I've studied, sometimes you can just feel you can just pick up the Bible and preach a sermon. Because you've been through this Bible, you've studied, you've been doing this for over 30-something years. But I said, no, Lord, I'm coming to every passage like I don't know nothing. That is intentional. That's hours of study that sometimes I'm going, ah, I got that word. Oh, nope, nope, stop. Go ahead and figure out what is the mode of that verse? Is it a perfect tense? It is an imperfect tense. What is he saying? You got to be intentional. It's a decision you make. I make that decision every day. Every day. Oh, God, got a counseling session. I have no wisdom without you. Would you please give me wisdom? So that this person don't hear from me, they hear from you. I need to hear from me. The wisdom of man is foolishness to you, so why would I give them foolishness? You're saying it's foolishness. So God give me wisdom from you so that I could be their past and not just have a title. It's always intentional. It's intentional. See, my grandkids run through the door. Who am I as a grandfather? Study that. What does he define our grandfather to be? What does that mean? One thing I thank God for, I ain't got to pay the bills. I said, God, this is a good thing that I get to be a grandparent because I could put a time on this parenting thing. All right, pick them up on Friday. And I don't have to pay the bills, so I'm going to spoil them. I remember having to go pick up something at the mall. My granddaughters were with me. I said, don't tell Gigi nothing. Go pick something you want to wear. But you got to go to the sales rack. Papa, the sales rack? I'm sorry, baby. It's three of y'all right now. And I'm going to give you a Christmas gift. So this is extra. It's because you choose to come with me. You didn't have an attitude or nothing. When I say I got to make a stop. You just going on papa, no problems. You can make a stop. Oh, y'all got this going on. Got in the store. I ain't told them nothing. I don't like, I don't believe in bribing kids. Period. My kids would tell you, I don't believe in bribery. You do what the father asks you to do because I'm your father. I ain't got to bribe you to do nothing. And I don't do that stuff. Okay, I don't do that stuff. You know, well, if you make straight A's, I give you $50. No, you gotta make straight A's because you need to go to college. Period. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I ain't bribing no child. Like they come in, I like, say, yeah, pick it. How much time we got? You got all day. What? Yeah, you get to spend money when you want. Grandparenting. What is you? What are you telling us to do? It's intentional. Not just, oh, we got kids. Oh, look, look at them. No, no, no. They grow up. And they talk. And they act. We got some school folks in here. That's why he's saying that what prevents you from doing this? Doubts and fears. Watch this carefully. Let me speed this up. I'm trying. You have today declared the Lord to be your God that you may walk in his ways. Watch these words carefully. Keep his command. Watch what he's using. And listen. Is the only thing we got time for. You must keep, you must walk, keep, and listen. You must walk. You must make it a lifestyle. You must keep because some fears and doubts will arise. Giants, walls, go in there. Could you imagine having to kill babies? Kill everybody. They were cursed in the days uh, days of Noah. The Canaanites were cursed. He used the cursed people to build a nation for his blessed people. That's why you you go into the New Testament. He said, I'll take the unrighteous to bless the righteous. So you want to know why these unrighteous people are getting to be billionaires? He says, I'm using them to bless the righteous. Because the righteous is not as good with money as the ungodly. It's right in the Bible, if y'all would read the thing. So he uses the Canaanites to build them nations. So that when they come into the promised land, it's set. They're coming from tents. They're coming from slavery. And guess what, they knew, what, guess what they could do being in Egypt? Build. So what does he do? Burn it down and rebuild it. Because he taught them building. They didn't go to school, education. So he has to have them a preacher that was educated. So what does he do to Moses? He puts him in Pharaoh's house. What does Pharaoh's house do? Educate. So he get him to write. I oh, understand. Watch this carefully. Watch this carefully. Now I want this to become a lifestyle. But it's not going to be a lifestyle if you don't keep it. Because riches could turn you away from me. Blessings could cause you to walk away. The enemy could make you afraid. That happened 40 years ago. So if you're going to do this, you must keep. David said, I kept God's word in my heart that I may not sin against him. I had to purposely, intentionally say, I'm going to do what he says when my emotions got high. When my anxieties get high. When my feelings got high. I got to do what God says no matter what. says that has to be intentional because fears and doubts will drive us in the opposite direction that's exactly why they're standing in the wilderness after 40 years on a journey that could have took them three months they are in a 40 year journey when it was three months because they did not keep when they saw the Giants dropped it when they saw the walls dropped it they did not keep So this time keep That has to be something we intentionally do because the issues of medical issues are going to pop up around our country. Wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, storms, they're coming. Not any different than what they faced. That's why he says, you have to do this. And he says, bring up this word again. The Lord has today Declared you to be his people. When you get time, read 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 through 10 in case you think Israel is this wonderful people that he's calling his people. Because in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 through 10 he says, you are my people, a holy nation, a people unto God. We are now his people. He says, when you do this, I will raise you up. I ain't raising up no fool." That's the bottom line. I'm not raising up a fool. I'm going to raise up somebody who will walk with me. Why? He tells them. He says, because I will have nations say, your God, like Rahab, is great. I will have people like Daniel be able to look at the nation and cause that nation to bow before me. When I raise you up, I will become famous. I'll become great. And I will be honored. And I will give you victory by making you strong. (laughs) Folks. (laughs) I remember trying to coach football, American football. Y'all actually saw World Cup, which they call football. That's what I grew up hearing, football. Okay? Football is soccer in America. So I decided to coach American football. Because I was an athletic director at a boys' home. I never had to teach aggressiveness. Get them boys' home. They're from the streets. I never forget the school calling us and telling us we can't play y'all no more. Because when we played them in that game, they broke two kids' hands. They would hit them so hard. And they would love it. Wow! <laughs> they loved it. I never had to teach aggression. I had to teach controlling their emotions. Cause they'll fight you in a minute. I remember trying to teach this. And this. this young boy, he was a, if he stayed focused, he would be a star. He was just that fast. You could literally be coming straight to him. His feet work will move you this way and you'll be gone this way and not realize how much you miss him until he's down the road. He was that fast, that quick. And the minute he gets an open field, he's gone. He came to me, he so, said, coach, just give me the ball the whole game, man. I got this. you do not got to do nothing. Just call 48, Sweet." Just just call a play. Got this man, coach, we don't need nobody. So I called the whole team over and I said, he said he don't need nobody. I shouldn't have done that, but I couldn't help myself. Now you're talking to street guys who have attitudes in two seconds, okay? I said, hey guys, hey man, he said he don't need y'all, just hand him the ball. He got this. Oh my man, coach, we got a playbook. We gotta run the playbook. Yep, I agree with you. We need to have a playbook, but I'm closing it for the next series of plays. Coach, coach, man, that could cost us the game. Well, you gotta talk to him. He said he could do this. And we all wanna win, right? Yes, we all wanna win. Some dudes get an attitude in seconds, like, ooh, all right, cool. I saw the line men walk into the field, talking to each other. I said, well, he's a, it's history. <laughs> I said, we're calling the place. We're gonna run left, right, left, right, middle. We're gonna bring them in. Bring, when we get the linebackers in, we go sweeps. So, quarterback, linebackers line up in, switch the play to a sweep, get the linebackers are tight, go on the outside. So he, he said, all right, coach, got it. Give him the ball every time. Just give him the ball. I saw them line men talking to each other. I knew what was gonna happen. Because they went to the quarterback. So I know they're gonna call a play up the middle. Sure enough, they did. 4 0. Hut! Them linemen went. I mean, they, they didn't just not block, they did like this. <laughs> they from the street, man. They're they from, the, they from the hood. They just like, some linemen just turn around and go, mm hmm. So I said, I, so I said um, go ahead. They looked at me, go ahead. Because now we just lost 10 yards. Sure enough, quarterback called 42 dive. Straight up the middle. Line men, they made it worse. They just stayed down. They ain't even move. Call timeout. Do you still think you have this team? All oh, right, coach, coach, could I, could I take a break? Oh, yeah, you need one. Go sit on the sideline. Back up running back. Come on in. Coach, what you want me to run? Bam, stay in the game. But coach, man, I'm ready to play again. No, 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 no. He's going to stay in the game. Because he asks a key question running onto the field. Coach, what is the play? Defense is still defense. Linebackers are still linebackers. And they love to hit. <laughs> free safeties are still free safeties. They come up to hit, fill the hole. Still calling running plays. But we are winning. Why? He asks the key question. Running onto the field. Coach, what do you want us to run? God is saying to us, that's my playbook. You keep asking me, why am I getting messed up? And he's going, because you never asked me to play. You just tell me what you're going to do. So I let you run it. And because I'm gracious, many times I let you get a five yards. Sometimes I let you get 10 yards. But you ain't going to get no touchdowns when you want to see the glory of God manifested in your life so you could be like Paul I no longer live it is Christ that lives in me even though my life looks like a mess I'm still writing half the New Testament even though my life looked like a mess, nobody could kill me until God said it's finished so I could get on a ship I could go where I want to go I could be in jail I could go through whatever problems I face it doesn't mean my life was wonderful it did not mean my life was gracious and wonderful and beautiful my life though was gracious and productive Despite the problems, despite the issues I faced, I still experienced victory because I kept saying, God, what is the play? And when life get tough, I got on my knees and I prayed and I was anxious for nothing. I kept calling out to God and supplicating to God because he is my victory. He is my strength. He is my redeemer. And because of that, the walls came down. The walls were torn down in my life. So I was able to write. I was able to go to all the world he wanted me to go to. And when doors were closed, he opened them. When problems I faced, he overcame them. It doesn't matter what I had to deal with, even though my life was Misery. At the end of my journey, I can say to God, God, I hope I repaid you for every wrong I've done. Because I know what I've been through It's because of the wrong I've done. But God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because Paul had no walls left. Whatever you want me to do, there's a time when he said, things you want, you want me to do, I don't do. But now, whatever you want me to do, the mind got renewed. No more fears. He met his doubt with prayer. His anxiety with prayer. His frustration with prayer. He understood his agenda that God had in his life and he stuck with it. Nobody took Paul away from his agenda. And that's why Paul became what he was. Daniel the same way. <laughs> Moses the same way. Peter. Peter had to learn the same way folks the walls we face are not the walls of Jericho and not the marriage or the money or all these different things that life can bring the walls we must tear down this year are those things that prevent us from saying yes Lord when we get to the point where yes Lord could be yes Lord and a lion's den is in front of us that's when things are closed that's when victory happens. It's when we could see how bad this could be, but we still say, yes, Lord. That's when the walls have come down and my life is a full surrender to God. That's the vision this year. It's not just church, Bible study, and all this stuff. We could do all of that. The Pharisees, Sadducees, high priests, they did all of that, but they nailed Jesus to the cross. They was, it was not the uneducated. It was the well-informed. Because even though they had the information, they didn't have the heart. That's why he says, give me your soul. Every breath that you breathe, let it be me. That's what soul means. Give me your soul. Not just your heart, your soul. So as you breathe, you think me. And I got you. So let's stop talking about the problems we face and focus on not being the problem because we choose to be intentional. Let's stand.